Ahoy, Buck fans! Are ye looking for a different kind of podcast that centers on the yellow-bellied opponents? Well, you've come to the right place. Get ready for an enjoyable, in-depth look back at the important moments, historical facts, and games for the Buccaneers against this week's opposition. It's the No Quarter Given podcast on the BuckPower.com podcast network. Now, let's get started with your co-hosts, Jason Powers and Peter Blake. All right, welcome in, Buck fans, to the season-ending No Quarter Given podcast. Uh, obviously, everybody knows by now the Bucks go down to the Dallas Cowboys in the wild card round in Tampa on that Monday night. Bucks end their season at eight and ten overall. A major, I will say, a major disappointment from what most people thought. I don't think anybody thought we would be thirteen and four, but I don't think anybody thought we'd be eight and ten either. I think most people probably thought ten or eleven wins would probably be the number in the regular season. Um, I'm your host, Jason Peter Blake. Welcome in. Uh, what's going on, buddy? How you doing? Yes, uh, the end is near, and uh, it is the end. And uh, we thought that this team was gonna kind of turn it on during the postseason. Uh, actually, they just did what they always do; they turned it off. It was it was a big dud. I know a lot. There was a lot of thoughts the last couple weeks of the year, especially after the Carolina game, that maybe the team was the offense, especially, was coming together. And we're gonna get into. The coaching changes, we're going to get into some salary cap situations, some free agent situation. What is Tom Brady potentially going to do? Uh, There's various reports uh, as we're recording this midweek this week. So there's some varying interesting nuggets you've heard, both good and bad for the Bucs prospects of keeping Tom Brady. Um, Give me a quick thought on the Dallas game. I mean, obviously the the, the Dak Prescott plays really well that that Monday night in, in Raymond James. The offense, kind of the whole, in my opinion, the game really turned for the worst when Brady threw the interception in the end zone, down six nothing. And after that, Dallas goes right down the field, scores, makes it thirteen nothing or twelve actually. When Maher missed the extra point, just your overall thoughts of the Dallas game. I mean, sixty six passes and you run the ball twelve times. I mean, that is not a win- winning formula for success, and it mm-hmm. hasn't been a winning formula all year long for this offense. So they've struggled all year to be balanced. The the same thing happened in this game. Their defense not able to get off the field. You're not able to get pressure on Dak Prescott. He picks you apart. The first two series, I thought the defense played well. Then after that, uh, it was nighty night. They had no adjustments. And at the end of the day, Tom Brady looked like uh, an older quarterback in that line, even with Ryan Jensen, just looked awful. I wouldn't say awful. I, I would say, you know, they they struggled a little bit. Obviously, I think the 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 prospects of throwing the ball 66 times makes the offensive line puts them in a tough spot I don't care how good your offensive line is when you're dropping back 66 times that just puts a lot of heat on those guys Um, those as we know linemen like to move forward they don't like to be retreating they like to use their girth and their aggressiveness moving forward and i.e the running game a little bit not that you have to run the ball 40 times but you can't run it 12 times no, you can't run the ball 12 times, and the reason why it looks awful is because, you know, Donovan Smith, he's out on the island. He's out on Micah Parsons, who's everywhere. They just had no answer at all until they get down 24 to nothing, and then finally they start to have that urgency, and even then, uh, you're just you're just not able consistently, and it's been it's been the thing all year long with this Bucks offense, not able to sustain drives, three and out, 
not able to get the big plays when you need to. And then finally, when you do, it's 24 to nothing. So uh, again, disappointing in my uh, estimation, especially with, you know, all the analysis that we had here on no quarter given on the buckpower.com network saying this team may turn it around saying you feel good about Tom Brady at the controls and it's a different season. It certainly seemed like it was the same team during the regular season as the postseason. That's probably the most disappointing thing. All right, so the the aftermath of the of the wild card loss a few days later, I think that Thursday following that game, the Bucks announced that nine assistant coaches will not be returning, led by Byron Lethwich. Most of the offensive staff was either let go or a couple guys retired. I know Rick Christoffel, uh, Clyde Christensen uh, were again retired. Retired. I actually know Coach Christoffel. He coached me when I was in college at UAB. He wow. was a posi- he was our offensive coordinator when I was a when I was a player at UAB way back in the day. So and those guys are older. So I know they were probably towards the end of that cor- of their career anyway. Um, Chris Bonio gets let go. The special the specialist coach, the kicking coach. Um, those were the the coach. I don't think any defensive guys got let. No. Uh, Lori, um, Lori Locust, one of the assistant defensive line coach, she was not hurt. She was not retained, but for the most part, most of the changes were on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. And he had to feel like that was going to happen, especially with Leftwich. I mean, it was a struggle all year long running the ball on first down. Uh, you're only scoring 18 points a game. You go from <clears throat> two consecutive years of scoring 30, have nothing but trouble in the red zone just doing the same thing over and over again and defenses knowing it and not having that success. And again, with all those expectations, all the talent that's on this offense, you should be scoring more than 18 points a game. And somebody had to get fired and look, it's a tough business, but it is at the end of the day, a business. Yeah. And, and, you know, we've heard reports this week of some, of some names being interviewed for the OC job, Keenan McCardell, Clint Kubiak, the coot, my man, Jim Bob Cooter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no hires yet. They've not filled any of the roles as of this recording. Again, we're, we're recording this midweek um, leading into the NFC and AFC championship games. But I imagine you will see that here pretty soon. The senior bowl is next week. So I would imagine they would want a couple of, you know, a couple of these hires to be put in place as the Bucks probably head to the senior bowl to do some scouting and such. So um what are your thoughts on a style of play do you, do, as far as the type of off? Forget the names, the type of offensive of system do you think the Bucks potentially want to transition to? Well, whatever it was last year, it's got to be better than that, right? It's got to be more balanced. And I think the most interesting aspect of interviewing these offensive coordinator candidates is that you still have Todd Bowles saying, what are you going to do to design an offense around Tom Brady? And that yep. has been reported by NFL Network. So a lot of fans out there feel like the Bucks have shut the door on Brady. They expect him to leave. But you still have Todd Bowles coming out and saying, how would you build an offense around Tom Brady? And I still say that Brady has an opportunity to come back I agree. if he wants to. And the best opportunity at the end of the day, whether it's the Raiders, the Dolphins, the Jets, the Titans, you know, some of the even San Francisco that's been reported the best decision for him is to stay in Tampa because this organization has rolled out the red carpet. They have done everything that he's wanted them to do. And he'll do that. They'll do that going yep. forward if he decides to come back. And again, I, I think, you know, that's the most interesting aspect of it all. If the Bucks were ready to move on, 
why would you be interviewing OC candidates and asking what are you going to do with right. Tom Brady, assuming that he's coming back? So they must know something that everybody else doesn't know. And I think once again, it is going to be an interesting off season of if Tom Brady wants to come back, does he want to play for the Bucks? Who he wants to play for, or does he want to retire? And, and, and I'm with you. I'm with you. I think they're going to hire somebody who's called plays before. I don't think they're going to bring in a guy who's never called plays. A couple of the candidates have really never called plays. Jim Bob Cooter called plays before uh, a name to be aware of. If he doesn't get a head coaching job, which I know he's in the mix for a couple jobs, Frank Reich, yep. a quarterback guy, a well-respected guy in the NFL. If he, for some reason, doesn't get up the, I know he's going to interview with Carolina a second time, potentially uh you know he could be a very viable candidate there but if he doesn't get a head coaching job a guy like frank reich could be a guy who's got a detailed history of working well with quarterbacks and older guys and younger guys and you kind of wonder if there is some channeling back channeling going on where they're calling brady and saying listen have you made a decision yet what do you think about this guy what do you think about this guy you know again it's all about what recruiting him back to the tampa bay buccaneers so Frank Reich is definitely a, a great uh, candidate. Uh, he's definitely worked in a lot of offenses before. Of course, he's been a quarterback in the league. Uh, yep. He does have head coaching experience. I mean, that's what you're going to help bowls. We'll be able to help bowls on that front as well. Right. And then also, I, I, I hope that history doesn't repeat itself, but let's just say Todd Bowles doesn't necessarily work out much like Lovey Smith back in the day, and then you hire Dirk Cutter. Right. I mean, is that an opportunity where Frank Reich gets an opportunity to coach? A lot of people would say Todd Munkin. Well, why would Todd Munkin leave Georgia right. uh, for the Bucks? Because he may be up for a head coaching job, not necessarily just an OC job with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, unless you feel like you actually have an opportunity to take the job from Todd Bowles. And again, not looking in my crystal ball and saying Todd Bowles is going to fail, but I do. You, you, I have my doubts. I you think wonder, right? I do. No doubt. no doubt. Interesting comments out of Bruce Arians this week. He kind of voiced his his displeasure publicly um, about the the Bucks letting those nine coaches go. Again, most of those guys were Bruce Arians guys from his his staff. So I think it's interesting to see. That is Todd Bowles kind of separating himself a little bit from Bruce Arians. Because if you're if you're Todd Bowles as the head coach, you got to think, if I'm going to go down with the ship, I at least want to have some of my guys here. And most of the defensive guys are Todd's guys. You, and you got to think if you're Todd, if I'm only going to make it, you know, if next year doesn't go well, he's in big trouble. So if you're if next year's not going to go well, at least have it not go well with his his guys on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, no, absolutely. And this seems like it's not just a Jason Light decision. It seems like it could be a Glazer decision. Right. Uh, At the end of the day, they're giving him an opportunity to have his own staff. We'll see how that works out. Uh, He didn't get that opportunity. To be fair, he's uh, had BA guys. So now he's getting the opportunity to hire his own staff. We'll see if he can make it happen. And everybody's saying, well, you know, it's going to be rebuilding. Don't tell Bulls that because he just said a a couple weeks ago, it's reload and right. of course he's got to reload because he doesn't want to lose his job right and no bucks uh fan base wants to go through a rebuild again we know how that feels we've been through that before and you don't want to go through that again once again though the decision to do that and i i think the main decision is who's going to be your quarterback is exactly. it going to be tom brady 
because there are salary cap implications that follow. Yeah. And we're going to talk about the salary cap stuff in the free agents here in just a few minutes, but, but you make a great point because if uh, Jason light has to have probably a three or four planned approach, meaning plan a Tom Brady comes back. We do these things. Plan B, no Tom Brady. Do we try to trade for a Derek Carr? Do we try to go after an Aaron Rodgers? Do we try to bring in a veteran guy who might be available? Plan C is, do we give Kyle Trask an opportunity, okay, to see what he has for a year? Plan D is, do you bring in a mid-level guy like a Mike White, a Sam Darnold, to compete with Kyle Trask and see how that goes? So I think Jason Light has probably three or four plans of attack depending on what you like you said what the quarterback situation is and you know and they have to be able they have to be flexible like any any organization because if tom brady says he wants to come back then you have to take an aggressive approach trying to reshape the salary cap a little bit and go and get some guys to fill some immediate needs as opposed to relying on the draft more if you went the the more the the rebuild kind of mode that with kyle trask or a mid-level starter yeah, no, absolutely. And there was a crazy name mentioned today, a crazy team that was associated with Tom Brady, the Detroit Lions. Mike Florio was mentioning that. What if he goes back home and is the starter for the Lions, who are an upcoming team? Then at that point, Jared Goff is out there. So right. fans, would you want a Jared Goff? I mean, I don't think it's an upgrade over a Tom Brady per se, but the way Goff played last year. Played really well. Strats played very well. So if that's, you know, one of your targets, and, of course, you don't want Tom Brady to go to another team because, again, capital implications. And that's, to me, that's the most important because if you and, have that big-time capital implication, you're in big trouble. And there's going to be some quarterbacks out there, some veteran guys. You know, we know Derek Carr more than, you know, it's starting to look appear that Aaron Rodgers could be had in trade, trade discussions, which then that creates another domino. You know, is you know, guy like, and again, a guy that, I, that I'm going to bring up, if he if New York does if New York makes a big move for one of these guys, I think a Mike White might be a perfect little bridge gap quarterback for a couple years. You put him and Kyle Trask together, let them fight it out. Mike White's done some good things when he's got an opportunity. You know, you've heard some other names, Sam Darnold. I'm not a big Sam Darnold fan, but I I, I, I don't I wouldn't want to see that. I'd rather go Mike White than Sam Darnold. But some guys that you can get at pretty reasonable prices to come to come be the quarterback if you can't get the big fish that you want, Carr, Brady, Rogers. Yeah, to me, they're just guys. You said it best. They're just guys at the end of the day. They're not going to really take you anywhere. Right. Um, And, and you're going to have to see how this offense is constructed. How many losses are you going to have on the offense and defensive side of the ball, especially the defensive side of the ball? So let me get this straight. you got Todd Bowles. Finally, he's got his own staff, and he's going to lose the majority of his defense because of cap implications. Uh, mm. I don't know about that. Well, and we'll get to all right. Let's give me give me a thought on position groups that needs the most attention in your your mind. What position group on the team needs the most offseason attention, whether it's through the draft and or free agency? I mean, both lines at the end of the day. I mean, the offensive line, you're gonna have to figure out what you're gonna do with Donovan Smith. He has a big time cap hit. He also uh was not the best player uh, on this team, whether he was dealing with an injury, most penalized player. In the league, so you have yeah. to figure that situation out because the line definitely lacked. He took a step back. Whether I'm going to say the defensive line for me is number one because well, sure. if you don't have a pass rush in this league, we don't know what the status of of, of of Shaq Barrett is. We hope he comes back, but that's an Achilles injury. That's a bad injury. 
You, you have no legit pass rusher. Vea is a good interior guy, but he's not a 10 sack a year kind of guy. Shoyinka's not done really well. I mean, he's been up and down. They need some pass rushers, in my opinion, is the number one segment of, the, of this position group that needs it most attention. I agree. And JTS wasn't it uh, this year. He wasn't able to finish. It felt like he was playing a ring around the rosy with uh, surpassing the quarterback instead of finishing the quarterback out. You have Shaq Barrett, who's coming off a major injury, so you don't know what his impact is going to be, of course, on this team. 43 sacks total ever since he's got to this organization. And when Vita Vea basically leads the team in sacks, you have a problem. Good year by Vea, but you don't yeah. want your defensive tackle leading the team in sacks. So you're definitely going to have to address that either in free agency or the draft at the end of the day. And my next group, my number two area of need is DBs. Just because of free agency, you have Dean, Murphy Bunning, Mike Edwards. You got some decisions to make there. You, you got Carlton Davis in the mix. You got Antoine Winfield. Logan Ryan, we don't know what's going to happen with Logan Ryan, but deep at the corner position, you got to make some decisions. Do you sign either Dean or Murphy Bunning, either of them, both of them, or none of them? And obviously, Mike Edwards, I'm, I don't think he had a really good year. I think you're going to be looking for an upgrade there, whether it's in the draft or a mid-level free agent potentially, but I think defensive back is a place you really got to focus your attention well if you're Todd Bowles. Agree, and Edwards was nowhere to be found in that Dallas game, and that's a bad thing. I don't know what he was doing. It looked like he was lost in the sauce. Furthermore, Jamel Dean was supposed to start in that game. He doesn't. You go with Sean Murphy Bunting. Yep. He went back to old Sean Murphy Bunting inconsistency, so I'm not sure if he's going to come back. And then furthermore, because you don't start Dean in that last game because either he's ill or you're going with the hot man, could that affect the opportunity to sign Dean in the first place? I thought he played a lot better than Sean Murphy Bunting. Bunting was starting to come on, but he was not it versus the Cowboys. It was bad. So they may just let both of those players explore the market at the end of the day. Dean, to me, the better player out of the two, but you may either go as crazy as this sounds back in the draft, draft one, because we know that Jason Light has a propensity of drafting defensive backs or free agency or role, what you have in a Zion McCollum who doesn't look like he's a great tackler has some potential because they drafted him fifth round last year. And I did hear, I saw D Daniel Jeremiah from the NFL network's first mock draft and he had the bucks taking a DB um, in the first round. So again, I think it's clear that they know they need up because you heard Todd Bowles after the, the Dallas game, we were making day one install errors in the secondary on uh, busts. So that's that's and he he's he's made that comment multiple times throughout the year concerning the secondary and busted coverages and all that stuff. So I know deep down he'll never that he's not been very happy with the DB play this year. I, I know, and he's a yeah. former DB, so he would that's his areas of expertise. How many communication breakdowns did we see versus the Cowboys? How many wide open receivers? Right. Dalton Schultz looking like Travis Kelsey. That's a major problem. And then furthermore, to look more inside those comments, he said this team needs a culture change. Jason Powers, what, two, three years removed off of a Super Bowl win and they need a culture change? So whomever hunger. they Hunger. They need some guys with some hunger. Well, there you go. And you're going to have uh, some players on this team lose their job because they didn't have that hunger. But again, whatever you get, whatever you draft, they better be a fit for this team and they better not have those communication breakdowns or they won't be playing for long.
All right, so you're listening to No Quarter Given Podcast. I'm Jason, along with Peter Blake, part of the BuckPower.com podcast network. We're just doing a little overview of the Buccaneer roster heading into, into the offseason. We're gonna now we're gonna spend some time talking about the salary cap and in the in the free agents, the the free agents that are gonna be free agents for the Buccaneers, and we'll get some thoughts on uh, from Peter about what he thinks, which way we should go on some of these guys. Buccaneers projected to be about between forty and fifty million over the cap depending on what you see. And some of those decisions and that, that cap number will be determined by what Tom Brady does, um, whether he plays again with us, somebody else, or if he retires, there's some implications there. There's some other guys' contracts. You know, Mike Evans has restructured a couple of times. That's probably going to have some salary cap escalation, dead money this year as well. Some other guys. So let's talk about just some uh, stuff. To me, there's three guys that are on the active roster this offseason that the Bucks have to seriously consider about extending long-term. These are the three names. And give me your thoughts, yay or nay. Devin White. No. Make him play it out. You think we should make him play it out another year? Too inconsistent. He hasn't really lived up to that those expectations and that play that he had in the 2020 postseason. I continue to go back to that. Because he was a man among boys, he hasn't played like that. Whether Levante David is getting up there in age, whether White you know, lost his father, has stuff off the field that's affecting his play, he has not gotten any better. He's been inconsistent. And furthermore, when it comes down to coverage, he's not good. <laughs> okay, there you have it. He's going into his fifth year, so the Bucks will most they'll pick up his fifth year option, no doubt about it. But sure. it's whether you extend him this year or not. And some of this will have to do with the Tyler Cap situation. Next guy, Antoine Winfield, at the end of his third year, do you extend him or do you make him play it out? He'll be a free agent at the end of next year, potentially. Because remember, non-first-round picks are free agents t- potentially after their fourth year. Yeah, he's done enough. Even though he was injured this year, for me, he's done enough. Uh, he's definitely a building block of this team, whether he's playing slot, safety, whatever he's playing at the end of the day. He's, he keeps on getting better and better. I think there was a little bit of a step back because of the injury situation, but I'm definitely re-signing him, and in my opinion. And then the, to me, the biggest guy you have to – you have this is a, to me, this is an automatic this offseason because you want to do it sooner rather than later because it's going to save you some money. Tristan Wirfs, the yeah. right tackle, you're going you're gonna to give him – I mean, he's going to be a top-of-the-market offensive lineman dollars. The question I have for you, Donovan Smith, he's not a free agent. But I think his guaranteed money's done. You could make a move there if you wanted to to either tell Donovan we're either going to let you go or we need you to play at a reduced number. What do you think the Bucks do with Donovan Smith? There's a possibility of restructuring if he wants to do that. Uh, you could certainly consider it. You have to see why he was playing so awful. But at the end of the day, I'm addressing the position in the draft. I'm going out there. I'm getting younger at that position. For me, I'm letting Donovan Smith go. I, okay. I, and I'm keeping Tristan works at right tackle. Are you go, go and get yourself a, a left tackle that you feel like is, is going to fit this, uh, this unit a lot better. Uh, maybe go and get a left tackle. That's a veteran that maybe has some years, a little bit longer in the tooth. You can that, teach that left tackle. I'm going to be contrarian on this one with you. Mm-hmm. I'd move Tristan. If if you let Donovan go, I'll put my best offensive lineman at left tackle easier to find a guy at right tackle because it's not the blind side easier to find a journeyman kind of guy you know a damar dotson kind of guy from bucks past than it is to find a journeyman left tackle i think if you if you're going to pay tristan werfs 
20 plus million dollars a year, which that's what it's going to cost. To me, you're putting them in, I'm putting them at left tackle for the next seven or eight years and put my best lineman there. It has to be your number one priority. And can Tristan Wurz play that position? He played in college. Is he fast enough to go against rushers like a Michael Parsons? Yep. He's shown that he's able to do that, whether it's on uh, the right side or the left side. But it's a totally different animal. But you're exactly right. It's far better to find a right tackle, far easier, if you yes. will, to find that position than a left tackle. But that has to be their number one priority, and they're going to have to figure that out. And if you do bring back Donovan Smith, then you're definitely going to have to cut his salary down. You're going to have to restructure, and he's going to have to be uh, technically a lot better. I mean, it's just, it's not going to get it done. You can't have aggression yes. at that position, especially if Brady is coming back because he's not mobile. He can't escape, and you can't afford to let him take those hits, whether he's getting hit or not. If he's feeling that pressure, you know that the offense is not going to be good. He's going to be throwing the ball away in the dirt or he's going to be getting rid of the ball too quickly for that play to develop. That is what caused all the commotion on this offense. When you go down the field, you can't go down the field right. for those 20-yard plays. That's the problem. Uh, that's the bad thing about having Tom Brady back. I still think he can make those throws, but if he doesn't want to get hit and he's getting constantly pressured, yep. and the way Smith is playing that left tackle position, it's not going to get it done. Uh, you, you can't grab somebody by the neck. Uh, you, you, you know, this ain't wrestling. Okay. And that's the, that's the way Smith played left tackle this year. I mean, just, I think, I think Donovan with, with the Buccaneers salary cap situation, I think Donovan's going to be a casualty. I just think they need to, that's probably $15 million. They can, they can wipe off off the cap. That? I mean, you could go out and get somebody that's far better than Donovan Smith. And again, he's had a good career for the Bucs. I'm not, we're not trying to kill Donovan, but at this stage of his career for what he's making potentially next year, I right. think you'd have to tell Donovan, Hey, Donovan, if you're making 15 million or 13 or whatever the number is, we need you at seven or eight for, yeah. for you know, in, in down to, you know, cause you can't afford to pay Donovan another 15 and keep him on the roster with the salary cap situation you're in and having to sign Tristan Werps. Right, you're putting somebody in the uh, neck lock, or and and you got your hands all on their neck, and, and you're pushing them down yeah. on the ground, pulling them down. But this is not going to work, and it's killed this offense all this year because of those critical penalties at critical times. I mean, how many touchdowns can you wipe off the board? One that comes to mind that completely changes the momentum of the game, and that's the San Francisco 49ers. Right, and you can see uh, the film this week from NFL Films how. He's looking off to the side. Tom Brady's trying to fire that unit up, and he's just yep. looking off to the side. Of course, he gets the penalty where you complete the long pass to Mike Evans. I'm not saying it's all on him, but he's a big part of it, and he was a big part of it all year long. And the consistency part is Donovan Smith, at a critical time where the Bucs needed a big play and had that big play, was called back for some stupid stuff. You got it. No. All right, Buck fans, just a reminder, we are going to do a pre-free agency podcast late February, first week of March, right before the new the new calendar year uh, starts in the NFL. So we'll have a podcast for you late February. Then we'll also do probably a podcast after the Bucks maybe make a couple moves in free, after maybe the first week or so of free agency, kind of outlining what they did or didn't do. And then we'll probably have, we will most likely have, we will have a podcast previewing the draft. So probably got three more podcasts coming for you in the next, six or eight weeks leading into uh, the draft and all that good stuff. Again, all the senior bowl stuff is all going to be next week. You're going to see a lot of the, most of these teams are going to be at the senior bowl scouting these guys, the, 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 the senior bowl participants. 
All right, let me go through. Let me go through some names of of all the free agents for the Buccaneer roster and give me a yay or nay of not that we would necessarily resign them, but are they in the plans for the future? Mm-hmm. Obviously, we've talked about Tom Brady. Here's the next big one: Levante David. Yes, you- I think he is, but what's his number? Right. I mean, I, I, what? How? What, he's not necessarily. I think he's lost a step. He's not yep. the same player, but because he is such a franchise player, he's so important to this history. Yeah, which has been a losing history in his time here, and now in the last couple of years, he's been really able to be exposed. He, he's kind of our modern version, Derek Brooks. Correct. I, I think you got to bring him back, but you got to figure out what that number is. Okay, Akeem Hicks. No. I think you get younger at that position, honestly. But with that being said, when Hicks was healthy, but that's the problem. They were 6-1 and one with him yeah. and Vey on the field, and they're holding teams to 89 yards. When Vey or him are hurt, you know, they're 2-8. and eight. They're actually 6-2 yeah. and because they lost to the Cowboys. So, you know what? I tend to agree with you. I'm not bringing him back. I think you get younger at that Unless position. you get Brady. Unless it's a Brady and you're going for it again full bore, maybe. Right but it's still at a reduced number. Well, going back to the Brady implications, if he goes somewhere else, that's right. a $35 million cap hit. Right. So I don't know if you can overcome that, but if he decides to come back or retire, then you can basically <laughs> play with that cap. But yep. if he decides to go somewhere else, for me, it's not reload, it's rebuild. Yeah. At the end of the day. Here's, an- here's another veteran guy that's been around and done some good things, William Golston. Yeah, I mean, I think you bring him back. Because Veteran he presence. A lot of money. He fits in this defense. He's very underrated. He can play the run well. Yep. He is getting up there in age. I think a one-year contract is definitely doable unless he wants to go somewhere else. And why would he? I mean, he's developed his whole career here. He's gotten better when it comes to getting after uh, the passer. He's never going to be a double-digit sacker. But what he does in the run, Jason Powers, is so underappreciated. So, yep. yes, I would sign him. Okay. Murphy Bunning or Jamel Dean, both or none? I'll bring back Dean, but I, I just think his, his number out there, there's going to be a team that's going to be Somebody. willing to overpay. Yeah, The potential is there. You can see it. There's flashes of brilliance. To me, besides Carlton Davis, he probably was your best corner last year when Carlton Davis was hurt. The problem is you paid Carlton Davis top 10 money, so you're going to be able to do the same thing with Dean, and I think that's what Dean is going to expect, and there may be a team out there willing to overpay because of his length and some of the plays that he's been able to make. Sean Murphy Bunching's done. He's I done. think one of the two come back. Whichever one gets a deal in free agency, I think the Bucks would bring the other guy back. Don't be surprised if they decide to turn the page and go on, go with a Zion McCollum, or they try to, to again, get somebody in the draft, and they're basically done with both because I feel like, Dean, there was a reason why he didn't start, whether yep. you know, you're going with a hot hand or not. Yep. And if you're Jamel Dean, do you really want to come back to that situation when you're in the biggest situation of your career, the start, and basically the coach benches you because either he's going with the hot hand or you're ill or he doesn't have enough confidence in you? I think they may turn the page on both. Here's an interesting one for you. A guy that played, played pretty decent when he got an opportunity, got injured early in the season, Aaron Stinney. Yeah, I think you could bring him back because he was hurt and there there's so much uncertainty there as a depth piece. He may also compete for a left guard spot. So yeah, I definitely think you can bring him back. And then you look back 
at when Kappa was hurt during that Super right. Bowl year, he was able Played to, well. to beat. So Played pretty yeah, good. I definitely think you can bring him back. Yes. All right, Logan Ryan. No. I, and I think that that may depend on Tom Brady. I think if, if yep. Brady signs a guy like Logan Ryan, who he knows probably would be back, you know, at a at a at a at a, at a reasonable cost. So I, I'm with you. I think if that will be a Tom Brady determination there with that. Here's he's not a guy. Break the bank. He's a veteran presence, right? Yeah, I mean, he and he ain't gonna. Money. He's not gonna command a, a lot of money, right? Here's a guy that actually did some decent things. Again, he got hurt, showed a little bit of flash with some pass rush. Jannard Avery. I think you bring out a break again. Some of these guys are special teamers too, so you yes. got to have it. You can't you can't get rid of thirty guys. You got to keep some of these guys from that are depth and role players and special teams kind of guys. And Avery did show a little flash from time to time some pass rush ability. You you got to have probably fifteen to eighteen new players on this team. But you're exactly right. That's one of the players that could be a depth piece. He's not going to cost you a lot. So what did you see with him on film? Did you see some potential? Yes, you could bring him back at a small deal. Yes. Okay, uh, Mike Edwards. No, gone. See you. I'm I'm with you. I don't think they're going to pay him. Here's an interesting name, a guy that's shown flashes and is it is a really good role player. He may not be he's not, he's probably never going to be elite. Anthony Nelson. Yeah, I bring him back. You know, I, again, he showed flashes depending on if there's a team out there. If there's a team out there willing to overpay, then you're not going to overpay for him. But if you can bring him back at a manageable deal, yes, he comes back in a Bucks uniform. And here's two more names for you. Nick Leverett. You're, you're potentially your you're right now starting left guard today. Or do you or do you make the decision we're going with Luke Gedeke at left guard moving forward? No. Going no, into I'm, year I'm two. Definitely bringing back Leverett and, and having a competition between him, uh Gedeke, and of course um Aaron Stenny. And here's the value with Leverett. He can play center, he can play guard, so he's got some versatility and he's been a good solid role player and when he did get a chance to start he did okay he wasn't all pro but he wasn't bottom five in the league either so he was a middle of the road guard and again he's in it, he's relatively inexpensive from a, a cap perspective and that's what the bucks are going to need is they're going to need guys that are mid-level kind of salary situations a lot of those kind of guys what if you went like this? What if you got rid, and I'm just thinking out loud right now, Donovan Smith, you go with Tristan Wurst or your plan, yep. a left tackle, and you go with Luke Gedeke. Or Hainsey could play guard too. Right. Well, you could go with Gedeke outside because that was – He was a right tackle in college, wasn't he? Right tackle is Could that be the plan? I mean, could I, be. I, his play on the field needs to get better. And he was a rookie. So again, we're not going to we're not going to make a full career and, judgment. And I'm trying to think now if you go with the left tackle as a rookie, you better get somebody that is not playing like a rookie. You got to get somebody right. that plays like Tristan Worfs, which you know, it's tough to do. Tristan Worfs that year when he came in, that was a Super Bowl year, he solidified that right tackle spot. Right. And again, I think again, I like like Tom. I think there's more journeyman guys, veteran guys at right tackle to find than there is left tackle. Can you imagine sure. if me and you were like the general manager and we were trying to go back and forth? We may be doing this all night long, but this is fun stuff. This I is like, what they do, though. I mean, this is probably what's going on at one buck place. They're I mean, reviewing the film and they're and they're creating all these scenarios. Every organization does this stuff because it's, it's salary cap driven. It's positional flexibility. There's if you don't think these conversations are happening, fans, in these organizations, in these meeting rooms every day, this time of the year, this is what they're doing. 
I'm just wondering who is BA here, you know, with the red pen? Is it Uncle TJ here or is I it mean, Paul Stewart? Is it both it, of them? Uh, They're coming in and saying, you idiot. What are you talking about? Bring this guy back. And here's your boy, Scotty Miller. Do you bring Scotty done. Miller back? Done. I'm tired. I agree. I've, I've had enough. I I agree. As much as I love Scotty, no, Scotty, Scotty doesn't know. Okay. Please, and if you know please. that reference, he doesn't know. He has speed. We talk about it. He has regressed ever since the Super Bowl year. Done. Move on. Go out and get a wide receiver that has speed that can help you out at the end of the day. All right, Buck fans. So there you have it. We've tried to give you a little sound. Again, the Bucks are between 40 and $50 million over the cap. As free agency nears, you'll hear some more, more uh, finite numbers exactly once Brady decides what he's doing. That'll affect things. So, again, you, you'll get further updates on the salary cap situation. But the Bucks have some serious decisions to make. There are some. There's going to be some veteran guys that maybe a, a one or two surprises that we're not thinking of that maybe won't be Buccaneers next year. So, well, we you won't... didn't say Julio Jones. I know you want to get he to ain't, that. He ain't back, bro. What about Odell Beckham Jr. to replace him if he's healthy? Not on the but plane. O- somebody's going to pay Odell. That's the problem. Somebody's going to pay. Really? You, you need to draft a speed guy in the draft. That's where you got to get the speed is in the draft. A, a guy it. from a, and then Jigba from Ohio State, one of those kind of speedsters. That's where you're going to get the speed. I think you're not bringing in Odell Beckham because that's going to be a big I'm just number. Saying, knowing Tom Brady, if he wants to come back to this team again, depending on what Brady him. does, could affect Correct. those kind of things. Correct. I agree. I think you'll see Suck Up gone. I know he's not a free agent, but I think you'll see Ryan Suck Up not here. I think you'll see a young, a cheap kicker and all that stuff. So. Um, Buck fans, appreciate you listening. Remember, no quarter given podcast. We're on all the podcast networks. If you haven't already done so, click the subscribe button. Go to my uh, YouTube channel, Jason Power Sports Channel. Watch this interview. Peter quickly tells where they can find you. Quickly, Sports Web on YouTube. Bring your passion, bring your excitement. Just don't bring any nonsense. All right, Buck fans, we will see you here in a few weeks as as we lead into free agency. Appreciate you finding us. See you next time on the No Quarter Given Podcast. Have a great week. Join us again soon for another preview of a scallywag buccaneer foe when we come back with another No Quarter Given Podcast. And make sure for the best in historical buck coverage, you go to buckpower.com. And as always, keep listening to the buckpower.com podcast network.